I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Flying. The trippiest drugs. Forgetting your own name, but not having Alzheimer's. Is it possible? Can you do it? We're going to talk about all of that and the other wonderful things you can experience with hypnosis in today's episode of Open Loops. Welcome to Open Loops, Episode 3 with Greg Bornstein, a deep tissue audio massage for the intellect and imagination. So, where are we? Who are we? Why are we? Well, I'm not going to answer any of those questions, but here's what I will talk about today. I'm going to talk about something that's been interesting me, um, very much so, since around, I believe it was 2000 and... Five, maybe late 2005, 2006. Um, but it, it goes back more. Um, I remember there was a television special. I was staying with my family in New Hampshire and watching a live... It, it was like a CBS late-night special uh, about a hypnotist. And really the whole premise of the show is that this hypnotist would put people on it and he would drop them into hypnotic trance, you know, say the word sleep and they'd drop out and then he'd place them in sketches in different situations. I remember there was one sketch he did with this woman that he got her to forget the number seven and it was kind of cruel. Maybe they were crueler in the 90s with this kind of stuff. Uh, they had her on a fake game show. And the number she had to answer, it was like, you must say 7 million and you'll win $7 million. And because she could not say it, she didn't win. And they kept playing with that. Oh, you just have to say it. It's right there. And she just kept going, I can't say it. I can't. I can't say it. That's right. She couldn't. Now, what is that? We'll go into it a little more. On the scale of things to experience in hypnosis, 
amnesias early. It starts getting, you know, you, you kind of start with, like, physical stuff. Feet getting stuck to the ground, and then you move to amnesia. It's in the middle. But still doesn't mean people are going to give up memory of numbers or their own names. So I was watching this special. It was my first time actually seeing hypnosis live. Because here's what you experience of hypnosis. You get Hollywood's experience. Cartoons. All the Nickelodeon cartoons. Looney Tunes that was running at the time, they all had very, very evil, sinister uh, depictions of the mind control of hypnosis. And, I mean, I'm be honest with you, that is the lure of it still to me. It's still like, oh, you can wave this pocket watch in front of people's eyes, and all of a sudden their eyes are going to actually turn into a spiral. Uh, and so far in my adult life, I've never seen human eyes either turn into a spiral, turn into dollar signs, uh, you know, <laughs> stars. I've never seen a human being fall down and birds start slowly circling over their head as much as I would love that. Hasn't happened. But... Seeing that live special confirmed to me that this was a unique phenomenon. So, what do I do with it? Well, I pretty much do nothing. <laughs> I was intrigued by it. I was like, okay, I'd love to see a hypnotist live one day, but never really explored it too much. I mean, it really went into magic when I was in high school. Lots of card tricks started doing kid shows, uh, very much involved with that. But here's the thing that's shifted. When I was in 11th grade, they decided to bring in a hypnotist to the high school. I thought this was going to be the thing that changed Dover Sherburn. I was so excited to have a crowd of people come out to this event, uh, see the hypnotist do things, and I mean, I'd never seen a live, in-person hypnotist perform before, and I really hadn't explored it too thoroughly since back in, you know, when I was six or seven. So, you know, I'm, I'm 17, and I'm watching this guy come into our school in an audience of like 20 people max it was on Wednesday night and nobody came out to this thing uh, my, my good friend Kirsten was there with me, my friend Marty uh, we went to see it we had to see it and you know there were people from all the various grades but it was about 20 people total in the Andrew Mudge Auditorium which was the place where we did all the shows and all the concerts were held, all the big events. This guy was on stage. He had like eight chairs and he did a show. I honestly think being at that show with 20 people in the audience on a Wednesday night with like, you know, very just sort of 
it was like kind of an intimate like parlor evening performance of one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen in my entire life. This man, with his words, was able to get my friend to act like a ninja, like a karate chopping ninja. This girl, now look, Kirsten, uh, I hope to have her on the show. She's fantastic. She's an opera singer professionally now. But this is not a girl that would go up in front of a bunch of people in high school and start, uh, every time I say the word, you know, chicken, uh, you're going to karate chop and scream hi-ya. She wasn't going to do that. And yet every time, chicken, boom, hi-ya, she did it. It was incredible. People forgot their names. Uh, he did the old, uh, <laughs> every time, you know, I, I snap my fingers, you're going to think the person next to you farts. And when I snap, that fart is going to be 20 times worse. Uh, but you're never going to get sick from it. And you're always going to think it's the other person. Love that. What was the other one he did that was great? Oh, yeah. I mean, he did, like, the typical hypnosis sketches, getting people to go up and sing, like, American Idol. Uh, that was awesome. He also did one where every time someone walked to a door, like, he'd say a word, and then this kid, who's always... I think I, I remember the kid pretty well. He was in band uh, with me a couple years younger than me. Every time he said some word, the kid would really have to go to the bathroom, he'd run down the stairs on the stage, up the ramp of the auditorium towards the top, go to the door, but when he touched the doorknob, he was instructed to completely forget why he was there and to just go back on stage. Amazing. And the other thing that was amazing, and I think this, later I learned that is a key tenet of stage hypnosis shows, Whenever he'd say sleep, all of these, it was probably like four people. He managed to do a stage hypnosis show with four people. That was riveting. Uh, everybody on stage just dropped back down, like fell on top of each other instantly. It was incredible. How does one do that? I wondered. I had no answers. I, it was, it was perhaps... One of the most amazing live theater it was perhaps one of the most amazing live theater experiences I'd ever seen yeah. It was, it was theater. I'd call it theater. I know there's, like, hesitation in the world of do you call magic and hypnosis and juggling at theater shows, but you know what? This was a theater experience for me. It was something that forever changed me. And so, I got to studying. And I had to know what this guy did. I had to be able to do it. I was like, this guy stood on the stage. He talked for 10 minutes, like telling people to relax and go deeper and all this stuff. But he must be saying something magical or doing something magical to get these people in this state. 
How is he doing this? How? Well, <laughs> turns out that being a 17-year-old kid with access to Amazon allows you to learn some very interesting things. One of the things uh, you, you learn is uh, that the $10 book, How to Hypnotize Your Friends for Fun, is available. Um, and my gosh, that book was great. I was so happy when I got that in the mail. Now, what happened next was that I could not get the hypnosis to work. I couldn't figure it out. I read through the book. It taught a bunch of different ways to drop people in the trance, all this stuff. And the description seemed pretty simple. It was like, follow this script and people will go into a deep state. And you had your tests, which are the, um, what do they call it? The... Uh, the suggestibility tests, which are the thing that at the beginning you might do with an entire audience to see if people are even somewhat susceptible to suggestion. You bring them up on stage, you do more suggestibility tests, you weed out the people that aren't actually following the instructions. A great example of a suggestibility test just to, to frame this, is imagining one hand you have a stack of books and the other hand is uh, at the wrist. A hundred balloons are slowly lifting the left wrist up while the other hand, the right hand, the stack of books is letting them, uh, forcing the hand to drop. And you see if there's any animation. If people don't respond to the suggestions at all, you return them to the audience. And that is actually what happened at that high school hypnosis show I saw. Um, there were more people on stage, probably like 10 people to start, and they winnowed it down to four. Um, but it is the common way stage hypnotists work. Uh, and why it looks so magical is that the people that do end up staying are typically what the term is, is some nambulist, which hypnotists pretty much agree is about one-fifth of the population, which would make sense for 20 people in the audience, four people up on stage. Uh, basically, a somnambulist is someone that responds fully to every hypnotic suggestion you give them. Uh, I do not believe I am a somnambulist, but I worked with a lot of people that are... Uh, they are the best and most fun to hypnotize. So what happens is once you get the suggestibility test going, then you actually begin the induction. And I was reading the script and following things and trying things with people and yelling sleep and all that stuff, and I could not get it to work. And then my good friend, my, one of my best friends in high school, this guy named Marty Howard, who was also at this hypnosis show with me, uh, Marty did something really awesome, which is he basically, he took, he borrowed my book for the afternoon. He remembered the majority of what that hypnotist was saying. And then during one of the study halls that he had, he got someone in. 
he just repeated the stage hypnotist word for word and they fell into a hypnotic trance and he started doing stuff with them. And I was like, whoa, if Marty can do this, I got to figure this out. So I watched him do it. I started practicing with people, uh, the drama kids, my best friends. Uh, you know, you take them, you take them in a quiet room. That's what I thought was required. It had to be quiet. You had to get them to relax. It had to take 20 minutes. And you talk them through uh, going deeper and deeper. Um, and my gosh, it worked. I started getting, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I did this once to uh, one of my little sisters, Rachel. Um, <laughs> I got her to believe she was in a French restaurant. Uh, I got my best friends to uh, uh, hallucinate that I wasn't there. That's called negative hallucination. Uh, you start being invisible in their minds. They can't see you. You put your hand in front of their eyes. Their eyes stay in the same position, uh, which is really, I was doing amazing stuff. And of course, you know, Marty and I, we, we started doing this with, uh, we were both in the high school shows at that point, And, uh, we, we, we really started playing around with this methodology. <laughs> Hypnosis became a fun party trick. I did it in college. I did it with high school friends. I did it when we'd have days where uh, it was in high school band and my band teacher was out for the day and it became a study hall. We would bring people into the, the actual auditorium, the theater, bring them on stage and we recreated. Marty and I used to do two-person hypnosis shows and we'd get kids induced. They'd get into the state, uh, all because I was leading them through this talk, these magical words about relaxing every part of part of their body, going down a staircase and descending into relaxation. That was my understanding of what hypnosis was, even though part of me was always still intrigued by how do you get them in quick? How do you drop them in by saying sleep or what that guy did on television when I was, uh, you know, seven years old, what I saw? How can I do that? Well, it was interesting. It was a question I had. I went off to college and studied acting for years. Didn't really... I played with hypnosis a couple times. I, I went through the induction a couple times in college with people. But... I didn't know how to really make it something. First of all, I didn't really understand the technology fully. Um, and I also didn't know how to do the, the, the cool stuff that I wanted to be able to do. It wasn't until around 2000, late 2012, 2013, that I started becoming curious again about how hypnosis the fast version works there were courses out there online the internet had really become a playground for education in a way it wasn't before you used to have to like go to live trainings and order hundred thousand dollar courses and big books they'd send you and cds and dvds but once people or it was around 2012 that 
online training hypnosis was real online training for hypnosis was really taking off and i was just curious again i needed to learn so I <laughs> I took lots of courses, studied it, couldn't get it to work, uh, went to live trainings, and there's one DVD, actually, in particular, that I bought from a magic store uh, called the, the, the uh, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I'm losing it. It's Anthony Jackwin's tape um, about Anthony Jackwin, who wrote... Uh, I highly recommend the book, Reality is Plastic. If you want to learn about fun, impromptu hypnosis, which really isn't that dangerous at all, um, hypnosis isn't, Reality is Plastic by Anthony Jacqueline on Amazon. His book explains all you need to know about it. If you want to start playing around with this, I think more people should because uh, what's going on in people's subconscious minds is fascinating. That's what I loved about it. I was getting normal people to participate in being their most creative selves. That concludes part one of episode three about hypnosis on open loops. We're going to pick this up and go into some of the common definitions on episode four, coming up.